we are going to start reading at verse number 2. For many, I know this is a familiar passage of Scripture, and uh, we're going to take a look here at the Word of God. While you're turning there, if you will, stand with us this morning for the reading of the Word. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to look here at verse number 2. Amen. If you're there with me, won't you say praise the Lord? All right. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, would somebody shout, Before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, meaning Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint. In your minds. In other words, consider what Christ endured before yourself so easily would give up. It says here, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Amen. This morning, if I can, for just a few moments and looking at this particular place in Scripture... And, uh, and, and what is said here, the Apostle Paul in speaking of what Christ had done and what he had endured. If we can for just a few moments, I'd like to just preach on the thought, glory is ahead. Amen. Glory is ahead. And uh, can we pray together one more time and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, we thank you once again for every heart and life that's represented here in the house of the Lord today. Lord, as always, I do believe that those that are here with us, it is by divine appointment. No accidents or happenstance. We did not just meander in, but I believe, God, that you have made a way that those that would need to be here today are here. And Father, I pray that you would anoint our hearts, our ears, Lord, that we would hear and receive the word of the Lord this morning. And I pray, anoint my mind and lips to preach as would give you glory. And Father, I pray, let there be clarity. I pray the unction, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, for what you will do. And we give you all the thanks and all of the praise. And we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Look to your neighbor and tell him, say, I believe glory is ahead. Amen. Go ahead and tell him. I believe that glory is ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we talk about glory and and uh, there are, this is a word that oftentimes brings uh, um, uh, with it uh, different ideas, ideas of definition, ideas of what the thought might be. Uh, I would, if I could, I would, I would equate it to a word such as success. Uh, Sister Linda, uh, defining success for you might be something completely different in 
regards to defining how I would define success. As a matter of fact, one of the things that we do know for sure is is in the fact that uh, what God deems and what God declares and what God defines uh, through and by His Word is uh, is oftentimes a stark contradiction in regards to how the world would define such a thing. As a matter of fact, you will come to find that in terms such as success or even as we look at here the word and the terminology of the word glory, the world, if you will, it would uh, internalize this. And what I mean by internalize it is uh, we in our humanity are often very self-absorbed. We are very much about ourselves. And before you get offended and say, well, I'm not uh, that egotistical and I'm not that consumed with myself, I will just tell you this. I know that there are varying degrees and I know that there are some who are a little more hung up on themselves than others might be, but I will assure you, amen, that to a certain degree, all of us, uh, we are concerned about number one. And number one often refers to us, me, myself, and I, amen. And uh, what it is we're going to do and what it is we're going to have or what it is that we got to take care of, what our schedule demands of us, what our responsibilities are. Uh, We are in a time as to where a popular term that goes around a lot is me time. I need my me time. I've got to break away, steal away. I've got to, you know, I've got to do this. I'm concerned about me and I'm not here to argue or I'm not here to uh, preach under anybody under the pew in regards if you had to have a little bit of me time. Amen. I'm not not saying that that's a, a bad thing, but what I am getting at is that in different degrees we are about ourselves. And when we think about glory, I can assure you that the the world has an idea. In our humanity, we can have an idea when we talk about the term of glory. And also there is that in which we find, in which we're going to look and discover in regards to God's word about his glory. I want you to understand just by simple definition in Webster, he says that glory simply means great honor, praise, or distinction that is accorded by common consent. It speaks of renown. It means something is respectable. It even lends itself to the spectacular. It lends itself to importance. Something that is associated with honor. Highly praiseworthy or that which is considered an asset. Adoration, praise, and thanksgiving that is offered in worship. Splendor and bliss of heaven. Uh, The height of achievement. Amen. Hear that one. The height of achievement, enjoyment, or prosperity. I think you would find the world would anchor in on that real quickly when it comes to achievement, when it comes to prosperity, when it comes to enjoying life. We find that there are people who are in pursuit of glory. As a matter of fact, I remember as a boy, I can't tell you the age of 
that I was, but I was a young boy, somewhere six, seven, eight years old. And Brother Torbert, uh, this was before there was Sports Center and ESPN, but uh, it was a different, there were different sports and events, and I don't remember the program that it was, but I remember me and Papa watching it a time or two. Uh, and the introduction, Brother Jeremy, of that sports program, uh, it would talk about uh, uh, the glory of winning and the the agony of defeat. Anybody remember that slogan? There was glory in winning, but agony of defeat. Amen. Oftentimes we are in pursuit. We're in pursuit of achievement. We're in pursuit of success. We're in pursuit of being renowned. We're in pursuit of all of these things. Oh, but can I say this morning, church, I believe that there is a glory, a glory that the world has completely missed, a glory, amen, that the church church is lacking and needs to be rediscovered and recaptured. Can I say to somebody this morning the glory for your family and for your children is not built up in the dollars and cents that you can acquire in a bank account. The glory is not houses and lands or businesses that can prosper or that can be inherited. Is there anything evil with those things? Absolutely not. But there are some that are in the pursuit of the glory of such things that are temporal the word of God said that if we lay up for ourselves treasures on this earth it said that there that those treasures that there is rust that will devour it there are moth that will eat it and there are thieves that will break in and steal it down the road from our house there is a gentleman by the name of Mr. J.B. I don't know his full name just his initials amen somebody said you know you're important when you can just go by your initials. Mr. J.B. and Mr. J.B. at the end of the road we have a, we have a dead end street at the end of, the, of our little uh, neighborhood there and he owns 40 plus acres of cattle and we had got a phone call we got a phone call Mr. J.B. is well into his 80s and, and he'll drive down and he'll talk to us and wave at us and, and uh, I had the opportunity to go down and visit with Mr. J.B. and we were talking about the things of the, of the Lord and, and, and things of that nature and just asking, he was asking questions about us in general and things of that nature and a couple of days after that meeting there was, a, we got a phone call from our neighbor and they said is there any way that you can check the security cameras because there is somebody, they was looking for a particular truck, somebody had waited for the opportune moment when JB was gone out of his house and they broke in and they knew where his safe was and they broke into his safe and they pulled cash that he had out of the safe and they took off with that and there was a, there was a talk about who this might be in regard somebody that knew him knew his routine knew what he had and I thought to myself my I said I I hate to see somebody lie and I also I, I can't hardly stand a thief amen somebody said it's it's a difficult thing a liar and a thief but the word of God God said that when it come to this world's goods and the glory of this world said you'd better rest assured that it's not secure. It's fleeting. It's like water in your hands. You can't hold on to it. Oh but church can I tell you this morning there is something that will last forever. There is something that is eternal. There is something that will get you from here to heaven. There is something amen 
understand that if the money runs out of the bank, if education fails, if your degrees get you nowhere, if your influence sputters out somewhere along the way, can I tell you there is a glory that will transform your life. There is glory that will change your family tree. There is glory that can rescue you from addiction. There is glory that can infiltrate your life to give you power over the over hell and the demons of darkness. There is a glory that God pours out upon a people that will pursue after him. He said, therefore, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where there is no moth, there is no rest, and thieves cannot break in and steal. He said, because where a man, where his heart is, that's where his treasure is also. Glory. We are in a point and a place to where man in humanity, we relish in the glory of a job well done. The approval and the attention of others. Of victories that are won. Our society feeds on notoriety. A big payday. Proving the haters wrong. I, I hear that especially amongst young people. You get, you get a group of guys and there's trash talk maybe on a basketball court or on a football field. And somebody's wanting to prove somebody wrong. Show them what they can do. Show them what they're made of. Championship trophies. Ticker tape parades, attaboys that are handed out. However, in the quest for such glory, here is a problem that we have. We are at a time where we want it easy. We want glory handed to us. People want glory with no discrepancies. People want glory with no detractors. People want glory with no difficulty. This same mentality sadly has infiltrated the body of Christ. We find ourselves that we want titles without time or testing. We want position without proving ourselves. We want acknowledgement without accountability. We want salvation without sanctification. We want revival and revival meetings, but we want it without repentance. We want power without prayer. We have settled for the sentiments of the past. And we have aligned ourselves with apathy. And friends, can I tell you, there are many people that are dying daily. And they're laying in the wasteland of what could have been, what should have been, or maybe what all God wanted to do. I do believe, Brother Jeremy, God has glory. He wants for your family and mine. I believe God's got glory and a move of God and the power of God that he wants for this church and the families of this church. Oh, but can I tell you, it will not be handed on a silver spoon. It will not just be handed because B.H. Clendenin founded this church. It will not be because we got a beautiful building or we nearly own the city block. I'll tell you, it will come through hard-fought tears. It's going to come through prayer. It's going to come through diligence and faithfulness and consistency to the things of God. Oh, but we have resigned ourselves. We have resigned ourselves that if it doesn't come easy, we don't want it at all. 
We resigned ourselves that if there's any difficulty associated with anything and pertaining to the things of God, we will quickly dismiss it. Falling apart, detrimental, discouraged. Oh, we find depressed. Can I say this respectively? I'm not making light or making fun. So before anybody leaves this church and you say, Brother Jacob is cold-hearted and lacks compassion, I know depression is real. And I know it can get a hold of folks. And there are some of you in this building, you've battled it, you know it's there. I am not discrediting it. But have you noticed nowadays it's popular to be depressed? Amen. Listen, I showed up with a pickaxe this morning. You know I'm serious today. Amen. It's popular to be depressed. It is popular. How many times do we find it? I believe it's associated with the spirit of this age and a spirit of Antichrist. And the fact, have you noticed that even in our littles, we've got kids in the third and fourth grade coming home and they're telling moms and dads how anxious they are. We've got kids and babies. I'm talking about babies that are medicated for mental illnesses in regards of things. Amen. Because in a lot of ways it has been made popular. There are folks that they want to associate that there is a problem or that there is suffering without any predication, without any validation of it. We are finding ourselves as to where as a society as a whole these things are done. But I want to tell you there we don't really know the full extent of what real tribulation or trial is. We have have no idea what it is to be persecuted as a church in modern day America. Oh, I know they're writing laws. Oh, I know they try to get us get, get around uh, tax exemptions, and I know they're trying to attack these different things. But brothers and sisters, you ain't had to hide out in the basement of a barn somewhere to have church. You haven't been in a place, amen, to where your life was on the line if you believe Christ. And so I'll say it like this the American church we cannot walk around with our head held high and our chefs puffed out thinking we've been there and done that we ain't seen nothing yet and I'm going to tell you church it's going to take a people that are full of perseverance and full of the power of God if we're going to make heaven our home going to have to oh because Somewhere along the way, Brother Torbert, we have forgotten what we're pursuing after. Somewhere along the way, we have settled for secondary things. And and the main thing is no longer the main thing anymore. We have dumbed down our preaching and we have watered down the gospel. We have been so afraid of offense that there's no preaching anymore. We are so afraid of affecting the bottom line. What if, amen, what if, Sister Shannon, we look up and the weekly report, it's not what it used to be because folks say, well, I'm offended and I'm hurt. And a lot of times they'll say, Brother Gold, I'll take my money and myself somewhere else I just believe like brother Clinton and said that if God ain't finished with it he'll keep on funding it I still believe that if everybody else pulled out and bailed ship amen that their 
there's still a coin in the fish's mouth to continue the and I'm saying that, that we find the pulpit is being pulled by the strings of the finance committee and everybody's afraid of offending somebody but along the way we forgot the glory brother Michael somewhere along the way we forgot the glory is wrapped up sister Coco when a sinner gets saved brother Eddie when an addict gets delivered brother Keith when a sick body gets healed sister Anna when an empty vessel is filled with the Holy Ghost that's where the glory is and I want to pursue the glory I want to pursue the glory you see the church thinks that glory hear me that glory is in the number of attendees Facebook and live stream has been a cruel reminder that your church ain't as big as somebody else's church Amen. That your pastor ain't somebody else's pastor. Or that your pastor ain't like the preacher. Listen, you ain't going to hurt my feelings if there's somebody else you like to watch. There's some folks that I, I'm blessed I, that I like to draw from. But I'm going to tell you is that we are in a place to where comparison has crippled the church. We're looking around and everybody thinks that glory is tied up in who can build the next building. Who can have the biggest gym. Who can have the biggest school. Who can have the most buses. How many are we bussing in here? How many can we feed in the community? How many can we do this? How many can we do that? And Brother Gary, we're thinking about glory in the wrong way. I will tell you this. That Christ said... I'll share my glory if I can just get two or three. Two or three that'll seek me. Two or three that are gathered in my name. Two or three. I'm going to tell you, my parents and Aaron Ray, they can testify. We grew up, I grew up preaching in some old country churches. Oh, and they didn't have anything fancy. They had microphones plugged plugged into karaoke machines. We'd get in there and, hey man, we'd be, we'd be in revival. And Brother Torbett, you're trying to get your mind on what you're going to preach and what God's going to do. And everybody, somebody up there at the old upright piano plunking out a song. And they'd look over the glasses and they'd say, anybody in the congregation got a song? They want And you're thinking, oh Lord, don't do it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Hey man. And, and because God might be trying to move one way and somebody wants to sing something completely entirely different. Amen. Or they look at and they'd say, Uncle Charlie, you got a special you're going to sing tonight? Yeah, I got a special. I got to run out to my car and I got to get the cassette tape. <laughs> and they'd go, Brother Danny. And Uncle Charlie had put his tape in that karaoke machine. And he'd hit play. And he'd say, hang on, it's on the wrong side. (laughs) Brother Gold, because he was in the wrong key. The other key, and he was on the other side. And then he had to go back and rewind it. (laughs) Come on here. 
If there are some, some folks today in the modern church that would have walked in and saw us bunch of hillbillies having church like that, you would have shook your head and said, what in the world are they doing? Bunch of uneducated dummies. Bunch of, I mean, look at this. They ain't, got, they ain't got lights and they ain't got this and they ain't got that. But I'll tell you what we did have. Oh, once we got past the karaoke machine and once we got past Uncle Charlie and Sister Laura, Uncle Charlie was just doing his best. Uncle Charlie he was offering his gift he wasn't going to sing in Nashville but I guarantee you he's singing in the choirs of heaven right now because somewhere along the line beyond all the stuff there was a group of people in a pine church with pine pews and pine floors who said show me the glory would you move would you minister God would you help me oh Wood beams are beautiful. Manicured lawns, lawns are great. TV lights are wonderful for the most part. It'll show my bald spot on the live stream what it does. Amen. And it'll make you sweat a hundred times over. But here's what I'll tell you. This is not the glory. This is not the glory, Brother Udy. I like fellowships. I like having fun. I like getting God's people together. I love revivals. I love to have a good meeting. I love all of these things. But we have tied ourselves to things that are not the glory. And we're missing it. We're missing it. I want you to understand, first of all, is that glory, glory is not behind us. We had some glory days. But I can't go back there and resurrect glory. Glory is ahead of us. Amen. The word of God said, looking unto Jesus. I first want you to understand that brother Chris Tibbetts, that the apostle Paul says, I need you to get your eyes upon him. And then I want you to understand that looking unto Jesus also typifies the fact says he is our example. He is what we're looking after. He embodies glory. He is the glory. Hallelujah. It says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And it says, this is Bible, not Brother Jacob, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. We find that Christ offered himself up upon Golgotha's hill for his love for humanity that whosoever would that believed on him should not perish but have, Brother Tobin, everlasting life. But to receive the glory Christ had some things to endure to receive the glory oh to be set at the right hand of power at the right hand of the father to be in the place as the great high priest who daily makes intercession for the church he had to endure the cross and it had to come in a place amen that was going to cause pain that he had never had before. It was going to be Brother Ben 
Benjamin in uncomfortable situations. It was going to be involved in those that would ostracize him. Those who would, uh, that, that would form allies against him. Lies and hypocrisy. Pain in his physical body that would constitute suffering. Oh, that humanity had not very much endured. We find that the word of God said, Brother Eli, that the joy that was set before him, that the glory that was ahead, that the salvation of mankind that would come, that the glory of the Father, that the splendor of heaven, that the splendor of power and authority. I want you to understand, he said, it was before him. Before him. Can I say, and if I might, I'd like to read to you just a little bit here this morning. The story, the story of a prospector. The story of a prospector. It says, for six grueling, arduous months, he tunneled through the granite and the limestone of shale. He dug into the heart of a mountain. Within the streams and creeks, the geological fingers pointed to the fact that hidden in the inner recesses of the mountain was the precious golden ore by which kingdoms are bartered and bargained for. After these months of hard work, there was much disappointment as it seemed that all of the time that was spent was without any reward for service rendered. In seemingly utter despair, there yielded no sign of this precious metal that the prospector was after in his discouragement the prospector buried his pickaxe and his dynamite and his candle at the end of the tunnel in which he had been digging thus also abandoning his dream thus abandoning any hopes that he had oh the story says that years passed swiftly and there was an east mining company that had heard of the progress of this miner and yet that the mine had been abandoned that the claim had been forsaken and so this mining company decided that they would go in and rework the mine they decided that they would go in and so they went in and began to remove brother Benjamin the debris the rocks that had fallen down in the pathway and they cleared it out and they found brother Torbert there tucked away at the end of the tunnel was now just a rusty pickaxe and melted candles and old dynamite that was buried there and once they found that they saw the evidence of the prospector who finally said I'm disappointed and I'm wore out and there is nothing of value to be found but Aaron Ray the story says that once they got to the end of that tunnel where he had given up that sister Laura they dug and when they had dug six inches when they dug six inches they found gold as a matter of fact, just six inches beyond in the limestone in the shell, Sister Gloria, when he threw it up, 
and he abandoned the work. Six inches, they found gold that produced a payday in Northern California that hadn't been seen since that pickaxe going to fall on me that hadn't been seen since the uh, the gold rush I want to tell you this morning oh that in this as we have settled for such things and we have given up on the glory oh brother Gary what a tragedy it is that we are up against trial and tribulation we are up against hardship brother Ben it's not coming easy there's still requirement of fast and pray. There's still requirement to be faithful. There's still requirement to be consistent. But Sister Amy it's not for the faint of heart. I wonder this morning if there's somebody that you're about to abandon your prayers. You're about to abandon the work. You're about to give it up. You're about to quit. And I want to tell somebody that glory might just be another six inches ahead. I want to let somebody know that your weeping may endure for the night but joy still comes in the morning I want somebody in this house to reach a point in a place that would say I believe wholeheartedly that glory is just ahead hear me did you know That one of the greatest spiritual battles that you're going to fight is not, if you're dealing with addictions, it's not the drugs and the alcohol. If you're dealing with immorality, it's it's not necessarily the sexual sins. If you're dealing with, I mean, we can put whatever name that you want on it. But I will tell you this, as I believe the greatest tool, the greatest weapon of hell is that of discouragement. You see, Brother Eddie, there are folks that will fall into addiction because in a point in life, and tell me if I'm saying it wrong, but you read a point, a point of life where you think, what's the use? Some folks hop from one place to another, one person to another, and they're looking for some kind of fulfillment, some form of love, some form of acceptance, because they've reached a point in life to say, I've tried this and I've tried that. Somebody once penned the words, looking for love in all the wrong places. It is a, it's a sad swan, swan song of somebody who has reached a point to say, what's the use? There is a mom and dad sitting in this building and you would say brother Jake if there's one thing that I can amen with you as I fought discouragement if there's one thing sister glory and I can tell you that I fought it's discouragement brother Torbert there's times that discouragement in the ministry discouragement in people discouragement in situations have been strong enough it'll paralyze you and make you just want to lay in the bed it'll make a man want to resign it'll make a man want 
want to throw his hands up. It'll make a young lady, a young woman, a young man. It'll make a mom and dad, a grandma and grandpa that'll say what's the use. And we settle back and the devil delights in a people in a church that is not pursuing. But Sister Linda, what if we could see what God sees? What if this morning God said, I need you to look because, Brother Jay, you're closer to that boy being born again than you realize. You might just be six inches from glory, Sister Wanda. It might be just another six inches, another realm of perseverance. That glory is just ahead. Oh, hear me this morning. May God help us. May God help us this morning that there's somebody. You see, you thought, you thought that, that the, a proper attire, that the proper look, you know, there's a look that some churches have. There's a look that some people have. There's some folks when they come into church, it's about being pious and proper. Amen. Every hair in place. Everything very put together. Everything very, you know, that's just how it is. And then there's some folks you look around and the way that they look, amen, they look like they're mad at the world. I mean, ugly. Ugly. All puffed up, all pouting, I mean, and every and you want everybody to know you're mad. Before you ever got to church, you done blasted the church on Facebook. You done hated every preacher. You've done hate you, I mean, you've done told them all. Amen, Brother Ben. They want everybody to know they're mad and they'll come. And the pastor says, Come on, let's worship. Come on, let's lift our hand. Come on, let's sing the songs of Zion. I ain't gonna do it. Amen. There's a look. There are some that, well, maybe it's got to be the look of the pastor. It's the suit, the, it's the, uh, the, the jacket, the tie. It's this, it's that. It's all those things. Maybe I got to look like and do like Brother Jerry. And maybe I got to be like Sister Lyndon. Maybe I got to be and do it like Brother Jeremy. And maybe like Stanley and maybe like Steve. Oh, but can I tell you? Hold this right here so they still hear me. Can I tell you? Here's what I believe. I believe that those that are going to make heaven I believe that those that are going to make a difference in the kingdom of God now I don't show up and I have to do this hey man I didn't show up looking like this but Benjamin Franklin once said this he said most people miss opportunity when he knocks because when he shows up he shows up in a pair of work gloves and a pair of bib overhauls you see everybody wants to sit back and we say we want the glory, but you want no effort. You say you want the glory, but you don't want to. I'll tell you, well, Brother Jake, what's the appropriate look for the families at Victory Temple? It's time to roll up the sleeve. It's time to grab the pickaxe again and say, I'm going after the glory of the Lord. My family needs his glory. My mind needs his glory. Our church, we need his glory. <coughs> oh, but I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't going to find it just hanging around the skirts of mama. 
You ain't going to find it, Brother Ben. What a great legacy you have. But no matter the work mom and daddy's done, you got to get it yourself. Ashland, don't matter. We could pastor here 20, 30 years. You can know all the people, sing all the songs, been to every youth camp. But if you don't pick it up and do it yourself, it ain't going to make no difference what we did. Hear me? Do we hear what we're saying? There's some things I had, there's parts I hadn't even got to my notes, and I'm running out of time. Listen, glory, when glory is ahead, let me say these things real quickly. When glory is ahead, Brother Darren, often before glory, you're going to find calamity. A good pastor friend of mine, he's a teacher at uh, OBI. And he's known for his sayings. And he has a saying. He says, I'm going to ride the gravy train till the biscuits fall off. Amen. <laughs> Brother Mike Shelton, you know who I'm talking about. <clears throat> I said, man, what a great statement, right? And he's full of them. He's got all kinds of them. But he said, I'm going to ride the gravy train till the biscuits fall off. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot of folks that want the gravy train. We want the gravy train of life. We want the gravy train of this and that. But I'm going to challenge you this morning and tell you that your current calamity is a precursor, Sister Kelly, to the fact that glory is just ahead. I want to let somebody know. You'd say, well, Brother Jake, I promise you I ain't riding a gravy train. And the wheels aren't made of biscuits. Oh, but it's been a hard road. And Brother Jake, if I could tell you the truth, everything I've ever known, it's derailed. Every hope I had, everything I've been looking for, everything that I've been believing God to do, everything, Brother Jake, what happens when calamity hits your house? What happens when calamity hits your marriage? What happens when calamity affects your children? What happens when calamity affects your church? And everybody's running around and everybody's talking and everybody's trying to figure it out and everybody's trying to put out a fire. And everybody's trying to solve a problem and everybody's trying to, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when those in your own household turn against you? What are you going to do when you're misunderstood, when you're not appreciated? What are you going to do when you're gossiped about? What are you going to do when they're laughing at you? What are you going to do when the devil thinks he's got you backed in a corner and says calamity has showed up? What are you going to do about it? Well, the Word of God says the Spirit in Romans 8 bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children and heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ... If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. I want to let somebody know, you might be in calamity. Your family might be shook up. Your situations might have you dumped on your head. But you are still a child of God. It does not negate your calamity, Brother Gill does not mean that God doesn't love you. Your calamity doesn't mean God don't care. Your calamity does not mean 
that you have been forsaken. But what calamity often means is it is the precursor that victory is ahead. Do you hear what I'm saying? I keep saying the word ahead. Because I want to tell somebody, you're looking over here for victory. You're looking over here for glory. You're looking over here for glory. You've been marching. You've been going. You said, Brother Jake, I've been carrying my pickaxe. I, I've rolled my sleeves up. I've been fighting. I've been praying. I've been in my prayer closet. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And then all of a sudden, bam, calamity shows up. I want to tell you this morning, church, I don't care how good we sing, how great you can testify, how wonderful we can preach. I don't care any of these things, but Brother Ben, I'll tell you this. We can say all day long that God's working, God's doing, God's glorious, it's wonderful. Praise the Lord, we've got revival. But there will be calamity to show up to test you out. We're going to pass, we're going to fail. We're going to yield and give up and quit, or are we going to be in pursuit of the glory? The Word of God said, we are children of God. We are joint heirs, Sister Joy. And if we are joint heirs, then we are also, the Word of God said, there will be suffering with Him, but we will also be glorified together. I want to tell you, not only in your calamity, not only in things that will come against you and just completely, completely rock your world, but I want you to know that to show you that glory is just ahead, there will be conflict. Everybody do this with me and go, <sighs> yeah, I needed it to sound scandalous. <clears throat> conflict. <gasps> We don't want to hear that word. We don't want conflict. We, don't, we want everything happy. We want everybody happy. We want everybody to think the same and be the same. Let me tell you something. A unified people does not mean everybody is the same. I'm going to say that again for the folks in the back. Being unified does not mean everybody is the same. Well, what does being unified mean then, Brother Jacob? It means that our purpose is the same. Sister T, our goal is the same. Our pursuit of His glory is the same. Brother Gary, you ain't going to do it like me. And I ain't going to do it like you. But it doesn't mean you got to hate me for it. It doesn't mean i got to hate you. Sister Amy, it's going to be different in the way that you and Sister Carolyn's going to do something. But it doesn't mean that you got to be mortal enemies because of it. You see, we get hung up in pursuit of glory and thinking that in order to have the glory, everybody's got to be like, do like, just like me. You don't have the monopoly on it. Neither do I. You don't have ownership of it. And neither do I. What does the word of God say? That God will not share His glory with 
any man. And so therefore, be careful. You better run when there's somebody who promotes, preaches, or acts like it's only their church, only their bunch, only that pastor, only that pulpit, only. And if that is you sitting in the pew thinking that it's only your way, your doing, what you think is best, how it always was done, you need to take it to the altar. Because unification does not mean we are the same, Brother Eli. But we have the same purpose. The same purpose. Conflict. Conflict is a precursor to the glory. There's going to be conflict. It's not will it happen. It's when it happens. What are you going to do? How are you going to carry yourself? How are you going to pray? Can I even throw this in there? How are you going to love those that you are in conflict with. Boy, I'm hitting a spot. The pickaxe is hitting a spot right now because it's quiet. But there are some that when they got to conflict, Sister Karen, they abandoned the pickaxe. They left the candles. They left the dynamite and they quit. And they were just six inches from glory. The last thing, Brother Danny, you better come help me out. Sister Carolyn, another thing that comes often before the glory is controversy. What do you mean by controversy? You see, the thing about it is this. The Apostle Paul, he knew about calamity and he knew about conflict. He said, as a matter of fact, in regards to conflict, he said, For though I would desire to glory, he said, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seemed to be, or that he heareth of me, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. He said, I besought the Lord thrice. That it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. That the power of Christ would rest upon me. Controversy. When things don't make sense. When it's material that people might talk about. When somebody has enough faith. That Sister Linda, they're kind of thought they're a little bit crazy. When somebody's going to dare believe God enough, going to trust God enough, Sister Gold, that in the face of all the evidence that is there, Sister Torbert, Brother Torbert, y'all should have, y'all should have probably lost your minds by now. Men. You should have been curled up in your bed and decided that you weren't going to live life anymore. There are some would say it's controversial. You may not know it. Now, I, I've never rode one. Now, I'm going I'm to bring it up. You may come on, come here with me. You, you may not know it. 
But Brother Ben is not only every time he goes to the doctor. And every time they say, you sure? You're, you're sure your vision's okay? Are you sure your right side's okay? He preached the other night and the doctor said that as a result of the evidence, he should have been paralyzed on his right side. Ben called me here a couple weeks ago and he said, Brother Jake, he said, I'm going to be uh, getting my motorcycle license. I said, you're going to do what? He said, yeah, I'm going to get a motorcycle license. He said, I've been looking at motorcycles. People with brain tumors aren't supposed to be motorcycle shopping. People with brain tumors aren't supposed to be living life. People with brain tumors aren't supposed to be back in the drum cage, laying down the beat and the rhythm for the, for the song service. Mamas and daddies of brain cancer patients are supposed to lose their mind and give up on God. And Brother Torber, you're supposed to resign a long time ago. You should have just laid down your Bible and quit preaching. Oh, but can I tell somebody what the world did? Seems as controversial that somebody would dare to believe. I pray there'd be some more folks that'd stir up some controversy. I'd pray there'd be some more folks that'll say, I know, I know it may not be up here, everything that I hoped, but I'll show you controversial. I'm going to keep on living even with the brain tumor. I'll keep on preaching even with the brain tumor. I'll ride a motorcycle with the brain tumor. I'll do kids crusades with the brain tumor. But hell said you ain't supposed to. But you see I'm controversial enough. I believe that glory. Wow! I believe that glory is ahead because there's been a little bit of controversy. Hallelujah. Hear what I'm saying? Somebody somewhere has had an opinion, Brother Torbert, of how you've handled this. Somebody, Sister T, wanted you to be more upset than what it looked like you was. Did you know that? There's some folks, they want to tell you the rules about how you're supposed to play. Some folks, Brother Ben... You said, what do you mean going to youth camps? What do you mean traveling? What do you mean going on mission trips? What do you mean? What do you mean doing all this? Controversy. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because there's a few folks. Here's what I learned. You learn a lot about some folks that go through conflict. You know, you learn a lot about some folks that go through calamity. You know what I've learned about these folks? Amen. It's the fact that they will be controversial enough, radical in their faith, be willing to stand. They may not pray like you would have prayed. They might not have done like you would have done. But I'll tell you right now, according to the doctor six months ago, or eight months, I don't know how long, but he should have been gone. They gave him an expectancy, but here we are. And I don't know what's ahead. I don't know all the answers, but I know there's glory. I know there's power. I know there's a testimony of what God has done and will do. Somebody shout, glory is ahead. 
Somebody that really believes it, stand to your feet. Lift your hands and say, glory is ahead. Oh, they talked about you. They gossiped about you. They said it was going to fall apart. They said the church doors would close. They said it would have ended up in a divorce. They said your baby would have been locked up. Sister Mary is supposed to be spending a life in prison and addiction. But glory, 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 glory. Is ahead. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands all over this house? Come on, right now. Would you just begin to pray? Would you just begin? Somebody dare to believe. Oh, come on, Gloria. Dare to believe him this morning. Oh, weeping may endure for the night, but joy. Conflict, there's calamity, there's controversy. Oh, but glory! Hallelujah! Glory is ahead. Glory is ahead. Oh, come on. Is there anybody here believes? Is there anybody here going to believe? Anybody here going to pick up something and say, I'm going to press? Anybody here say, I was ready to trade it in and give it up. But I believe that I might just be a few inches from glory. I believe that I might be on the cusp. I believe we might be on the edge of revival. I believe we might be on the edge of the backslider coming home. I believe we're on the cusp of the glory of God I'm going to ask all who will if you'd say brother Jacob brother pastor here I am there's things in my life I've got conflict I've got calamity there's controversy there's things people try to tell me how to do it what to do it might look like God's not working may not look like God's doing anything but I'm going to have faith I'm going to believe that glory come on let's find ourselves a place let's find ourselves a place in this altar let's find ourselves a place And say, I believe, I believe that glory, glory is the hand I've given up. I'm not turning.